My, my, what a, what a message that song had in it. I thank God one day we'll all understand and we'll all be able to not look back, but look forward and see what all God's brought us through. Uh, Amen. Amen. I've seen so much uh, heartache in the last few weeks. It's, uh, it's plum depressing at times. But you know what? We, as long as we have God in our lives, we have nothing to bow our heads over it to to be ashamed or to be to be brokenhearted. God said he'd take care of us. And I thank God for that promise that he gave us that he'd wipe the tears away from our eyes. And uh, there's a lot of tears that have been falling here recently over the sicknesses and troubles of life, uh, our nation, the way it is today. But you know what? We have a God who can, and he'll continue to do so. Uh, even unto the end, we're still going to be his children, and he's going to be our God. And I just thank him for that tonight. In chapter 19, uh, we look here in the... Uh, about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, what a chapter! It it can get it can get deeper as you read, or and sometimes I just had to bypass it to get another point to see what we're going to looking at. But at the end of it, it all wraps up to two words, and I'll bring it out here shortly. We look here in uh, Genesis 19 and uh, the. If you need to say anything or want to say anything, just butt right in. That'd be fine. Uh, I'm going to read a couple verses to start with. And it says in Genesis 19, it says, And there came two angels of Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in. I pray you into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the streets all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, uh, a feast, and did break unleavened bread, and they did eat. First of all, I want you to notice that, you know, uh, Lot here, the nephew of Abraham, who uh, came with him from uh, Mesopotamia to Canaan. Lot was the, the one who looked across the land of uh, Sodom and saw the luxuries of life. And I, I believe it just caught his eyes sometimes, and I believe it catches our eyes the same way. So there's a lot of times that uh, things of this world catches our eyes and it'll take us away from God if we're not careful. But Lot here, he saw the luxuries that was sitting before him, and that's the side he chose. And, you know, uh, a lot of times I, I got to thinking as I was reading this, we all make choices every day. But is God the one leading us in these choices? Is God the one that said it before us that we may choose? I know that we have to make a choice in our lives to accept Christ or or not. That's our, that's our free will, if you may, that uh, we have that opportunity to serve Christ and accept him into our hearts and our lives. But Lot here, he was uh, he was considered to be more like the uh, selfish, and uh, when he laid his eyes on Sodom there and saw the luxury life, he uh, he looked around and said, "Well, you know what? I want this," and he took it. And that's what uh, the first thing I noted on that was he chose 
He made a choice in his life, and he chose this one. But we'll also see how that uh, even in a, in a city of sin that Sodom was. Oh, what a place that we live in today. It seems like everywhere you look, there's sin. There's always been sin. There, there will be up until the end. But praise God, there's a, there's a word here that we love called salvation. I like Amen. that forgiveness of God. Amen. And as Lot chose this, he, he looked across it with his eyes, and it just became, it became something beholden to him. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I look at something I want it real bad. I, sometimes I've chose it. Got it home, wished I hadn't ever laid eyes on it. I come to find out it's a bad choice. But here a lot, he chose it for a, for a lie. And here at the gate, it mentioned here at the gate, that's where Lot was sitting. And the angel of the Lord here showed up. These two gentlemen showed up. And if you'll uh, look into it a little bit, I, got, I began to look at what he was doing at the gate. That's actually, that was a custom of the Palestinians' uh, culture to do all their business and legal actions at the gate. And you can always, you can go back to Ruth, uh, chapter four, verse one, two. And it talks, Boaz here, uh, he met Naomi there at the gate and was discussing over her. It was another, another time of this culture that was being uh, brought forth. I've seen many other times in the, in the Bible where everyone waited at the gate. Uh, the, the business all took, took place outside and if you think back in the scriptures, when Jesus went into the temple, he cleansed the temple because of the business that was going on inside the temple. They had moved it from the gate and went inside. Well, we have to be careful of that sometimes. Uh, we let that, and I said that to say this, if we let the business part override the word of God, we failed. But Lot here, all their business took care of was taken care of outside the gates. That's where they'd done their business. That's where they come up with their, with all the business they had at hand. And like I said, he was living in a place of luxury, him and his family. And they sat, uh, they saw Lot here as a, at, the, at the gate and in that city as a leader. Despite his faith in God, they still saw him as a leader. And you know what? I believe it put uh, Lot in a compromising situation a lot of times. He had God on one hand and the sin around him on the other, and he was trying to live a life. And you and I both know, you know, that's kind of hard to do. Uh, we, can't, we can't straddle the fence, so to speak, and uh, live a potential full life with God if we've got one foot in sin and one foot in righteousness. Because I, I tell you, it just don't work. Uh, but thank God for that salvation. It forgives us for all of our sins. Uh, verse 4, it said here that uh, before, but before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house around, both old and young, and all the people from every quarter. And all the people here is, is, is talking about all the men, all the young men, that these gentlemen, Lot opened his doors to these gentlemen, that had, these strangers that came into the gate. And he knew, he knew that here they were, they were planning on staying out in the city that night. But Lot was trying to take care of them. He was trying to protect them. He knew what would happen. And, you know, and he was just trying to, hey, they're in my house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to protect them best I can. 
or Locke pressed them to stay. He said, you know, just come on and stay with me. And he kept pressing and they, they went into his house because he knew that all these young men, these old men, older men, they wanted to commit a sin here, the crime of homosexuality upon Lot's guests. By Lot being here in the city, believing in God, it still put him in a compromised situation, like I said, because of the sin that was there. And here he was trying to protect the ones that God had sent down uh, into Lot's house. How many times have we uh, invited people in and, and we saw and felt the change at once someone stepped into your own home? I believe that's the way Lot did when he opened his doors up to these strangers. I believe he felt the presence, that he was in the presence of angels. And these men were coming about the house. They were trying to break in, and they wanted to. In verse 5, it says, And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door after him. and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes, only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Now here, here you can see the understanding that Lot had, but at the same time, you know, he was willing to give up his own virgin daughters to these wicked men to take care of these strangers that walked into his house. You know, that would, uh, he had to feel that there was a presence of God there for him to be able to offer his own daughters up to protect these men that had come into him. And in that day and time, when someone came into your homes and you invited them in, they, you know, there was a ritual that uh, you washed your feet, you gave them something to eat, you gave them rest, and before they went on their way. Well, a lot just often said, you know, you just stay with me, I'll feed you, I'll take care of you, I'll rest your feet, I'll wash them, and Next morning, then you can get up and leave. He had to press them, though, to stay. Well, as he pressed them to stay, the men on the outside were wanting to commit this great and mighty sin against these men. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than even Lot, and came near to break the door? But the men put forth their hand, and pull Lot into the house to them and shut the door. Oh, man, what I, I can just imagine how Lot felt during this time. I believe it. Uh, he went out to protect them, and all of a sudden, you know, they protected him by just pulling him onto his own, into his own house. A lot here being, being in the city and being well-known to, uh, to most people, if you go back into verse 5 for just a second, you'll see that the word know, they wanted to know him, these men. Here means that they, they wanted to have physical, sexual relations, and they wanted to, or rape, if you may. Uh, now, with a man and woman, to know is to consummate a marriage uh, by knowing them, becoming one. Well, Lot knew was what was about to take place. He didn't want them to know them, and those angels there with Lot, I believe they knew also what they just what they was facing. But Lot went out to persuade them to, you know, just go on, just leave my company alone. Don't don't bother them. 
let me uh let me just send my daughters out let me send you something in return just leave just leave us alone leave these gentlemen alone he was trying to protect his home he was trying to protect his strangers he's trying trying to protect you know everything he had there but i believe i believe in a way he saw you know something's about to take place here i believe he felt it within his bones lot was willing to sacrifice his his daughters to protect them and verse 11 it says and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness both small and great so that they wearied themselves to find the door i believe right here this is a miracle that took place right before lot's eyes and it was a miracle that god had sent down with them you know only god can perform these miracles i believe that assured lot what what was about to take place and the men said to lot hast thou here any besides son-in-law and sons and daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city bring them out of its place for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Here they clarified to Lot, God sent us down here to wipe this mess up. He sent us down here to take care of this sin. You know, it's a stench under God's nostrils to see and to, to hear the cries of those who were, who were in the midst of this sin. It was, I guess it would have been possible, you know, it was a good place to live at one time. But sin overrode. Sin began to grow. It's like planting a bad seed in a garden. You know, it'll overtake the good stuff sometimes, and you have to weed it out. I believe God was getting ready to do a little gardening here and weed this place out because of the sin. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons and laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-laws. They didn't want to leave. They didn't want to leave this place of luxury. They didn't want to leave all the good things that was going on and the, the good times I guess they were having and the freedom I guess they felt. I believe that the, the angels here, when they performed that miracle and blinded the men at Lot's door, and then they told him that, hey, we're here to destroy this place. And when Lot went out to gather them, you know, he said, look, God's going to, just take care of all this sin. He's going to do away with all this, this iniquity that's here in this city. I began to believe that uh, Lot here really was earnest about getting his family to safety. And you know what? Brother Bill and myself was on the phone yesterday talking about prayer. How that, and, and I do believe that our church is a praying church. I believe that, and we've seen miracles. Uh, you don't want to call it a miracle. Uh, I will because I've we've prayed and we've seen God take uh, take hold of these sicknesses and bring people out of trouble and raise them back up. To me, that's a miracle, and I believe that prayer works, and prayer works at New Hope. I really believe that. And the times that we pray together, it's just a it's just just anointing feeling that know that when someone has a prayerful need, it goes out on the line before you know it. The the phone begins to buzz and everybody's a praying. What a blessing that is. There's Amen. a lot of people Amen. that can't even pray where they live today because of sin. And do you want to have anything you want to add before I go on? Brother Tony, I just 
a thought comes to my mind. Lot was, Second Peter 2.8 tells us that Lot was a righteous man, but he compromised. And here is a man who knew the Lord, but he compromised with a wicked world. And it cost him the lives of his two married daughters, his sons-in-law. If they had children, his grandchildren, cost him his own wife's life. Because Lot compromised his faith by compromising. And, of course, horrible things. And, and, and later on, homosexuality and lesbianism under the law of Moses were capital offenses. People were stoned to death. But that was this was before the law of Moses. But to me, Lot is an example of what happens when a, a child of God backslides on God. And uh, it costs, the old saying is, it costs to follow Jesus, but it costs a whole lot more not to follow him. Yes. And it costs a lot, so much not to truly follow the Lord. If he had been following the Lord, he wouldn't go to Sodom in the first place. But because of the appeal of the city or whatever it was, it cost him so much of his family. And as you'll share later on, horrible situation with his own unmarried daughters. And to me, it's a this is just a red flag chapter in the Word of God to every child of God. Does it cost to follow Jesus? Yes, of course. It costs you a few little sacrifices. But mercy, mercy, Brother Tony, it costs so much more for people who know the Lord not to follow him. And that, to me, is a powerful example here of Lot's experience. Yeah, I believe it's a, I believe it's a, uh, uh, somewhat of a shock to Lot how this was taken, taken hold. But at the same time, I believe he, he, he worshipped the idea because God was saw, saw enough in him to protect him and to take care of him. Uh, even though he was in in a compromising compromising situation here, God still loved him. I even I even looked at David a lot of times the sin that David had in his life and how he compromised, but God still loved David. And you yes. know, yes. he loves us too. Well, we come we all come short of the glory of God. But aren't you glad that God still loves you no matter what? Amen. Amen. Uh, when you lay down tonight, you can close your eyes and rest and. And knowing that God's got control over everything, uh, over you and I, and I pray for our children, and I pray for our families and friends and our church families, and I know that God sees all of our needs, and he's always there to provide us with that we stand in need of spiritually and physically. Uh, if you've never prayed for a, a spirit-filled time, Try that sometime. I mean, God will fill you cup. Uh, Amen. He, you might have to walk over a few hot stones to get there, but I'll tell you what, when you get to the end of it, it sure is a blessing. Amen. Uh, just, Amen. To, just to be able to hear and to, to see what God has in store for us. I believe Lot here was, at the time, he wasn't looking to where he was going. He was just paying attention to where the angel of the Lord was telling him to go, you know, get your family, get out of here. We're about ready to clean this place out. And that takes my mind over to a lot of times. I mean, we don't want to leave these luxuries of life sometimes. I got to think of that man that we, we pray for the, 
he don't want to die, but he's ready to go if he if God calls him. And I guess I guess it's uh it's not a fear, but I guess he's just holding on to what he knows. Well, as long as we know Jesus, that's all we need. Amen. Amen. I believe I believe Lot's family here, they were they were advised to, you know, get out of here. I'm going to consume this city and God's going to just wipe it, wipe it clean right here. In verse 16, it says, And while he lingered, men laid hold on his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful unto him, they brought him forth and set him without the city. You know, sometimes God puts us in a place to where we have to. I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but I've been put in a place I had to. You know, sometimes that's what it takes. Put me... Sometimes he puts us where we need to be so that we can spiritually grow and and to to save ourselves and our families from destruction of this world and the things of iniquity. And verse 17, they were instructed to leave the city and not look back. It says, And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou on the plain. Escape to the mountain lest thou be consumed. And Lot said to them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in the saving of my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is the little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? and my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted and concerning thing also that will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape hither. I cannot do anything till thou become thither. In other words, we can't do anything till you're out of range. He says, Now I want you to take your family. I don't want you to look back. Don't look back. No matter what you hear, what you what you what you think you hear heard, what you may see out of peripheral vision. I believe he's trying to tell him, just whatever you do, don't look back. You know, Lot didn't want to go into the mountains. He wanted to go to a little city called Zoar. And uh, he only spent a short time there. He found out real quick that if he had listened to God to start with, he'd been ahead. And uh, the Lord reigned upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew the cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Now, as I was, as I was looking into this, I saw that, uh, and I believe what the Bible says, I believe God rained fire and brimstone upon that city. Um, I've read quite a few places in different books and some of the suggestions from some of the uh, the links to the to the scriptures where they've come up with different ideas. Oh, it was an earthquake and there was a it was a volcano that erupted and washed down the streets. And the Bible says that God rained these things upon the city. I believe it was falling, whether it came from a volcano or not, 
it was falling upon that city. That's what that's what the concern they should have had. And I believe what the Bible says here, the brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And it says out of heaven. God brought this forth. God was cleaning this place up. He was wiping this sin out. And I believe he's going, he said he's going to burn it all. He did. But see here, when they were going out of sight and the angel of the Lord had already made sure that they were in a safe place, safe far enough away, yet his wife looked back. You'll look in Luke 17, 32. Uh, the scripture tells us there in Luke 17, uh, 32, it says, Remember Lot's wife? Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in the night there shall be two men in one bed, and one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, and one shall be taken, and the other left. And right here, it's just talking about, uh, you know, in, in the end day, we don't know what hour nor time that God's going to step out on the clouds and call us home. But we do know Amen. that uh, brothers will be taken care of. It's so right. I believe, I believe out of this whole scripture here, and as I read on here in just a few minutes, pay close attention to what happened to Lot's wife. She turned to a pillar of salt. I was reading, and some of the some of the archaeologists and things uh, thought that you know this was a this is a place where there was there was uh, sand and salt storms which came by and just that she just froze there and it covered her up. I don't believe that. The Bible says right here that she turned to a pillar of salt, and I believe that she looked back. She she just didn't want to leave that luxury that she had. I believe she was so content. And so, so overwhelmed with the things. She was having a good time. She was having a good life. They were, they, they had abundant food. They had everything they needed right there, they thought. But because of sin. And I don't know about you, when you're, when you're in a sinful place, you feel uncomfortable. If not, you know, we probably need to do some praying. Uh, no matter where we go, there's sin around about us somewhere. And Walmart grocery stores, and never seen such at a time that people don't respect the house of God. They don't respect Christians' beliefs. We're coming to that time, and I believe it. This old world is getting ready to be burn up the fervent heat here one of these days, and they'll see then. And Abram got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the seeds and the plains that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. And Lot went up unto Zoar and dwelt in the mountains and his daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar and he dealt... Uh, dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink, drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not, when she lay down, 
nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesterday night with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son, and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son, and called his name uh, Benami, I think how you say that, uh, the same as the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. They thought here that they needed to save the bloodline of their father. And, you know, it was, uh, it was nothing, uh, from what I read, it's nothing unusual at that day and time when it come down to threatening the bloodline, which was to be pure, and they, they, they accepted it as pure. Uh, there was some incest going on, I guess, in that day and time. Uh, well, I'd say it's, uh, it probably goes on in some other countries today also. Do you know what? We have the blood of Jesus Christ that flows through our veins. And we're the prince and the princess of, of a king. And that blood, which covers all sins, you know, God took it to the cross for us. He, he rose again the third day that we may have eternal life with him. Lot and his family here, they went into a cave. And, you know, there were people who lived in caves in those days, and there's people that are hiding today just to be able to serve God and to read scriptures. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know this, but I got looking at it. But there's, there's countries today where people have to hide in caves just to have a church service. They have to hide in caves to be able to hear the word of God and to pray together. And some have been cast out of the cities uh, for believing in God, and they have to live in these places of caves. And it wasn't nothing uncommon for people to live in caves. Hey, it was a dwelling place. You know, it didn't have to be a, a cave man, uh, as we call them. People had to live where they where they had shelter and was taken care of, how they took care of their families. But the whole moral story of chapter 19 brings about these two words to me. And, and Brother Bill, you and I spoke about this yesterday when we was on the phone talking. Grace and mercy. God had mercy and grace upon Lot and his family during this time. And I believe Lot learned the lesson of mercy. Just And he shows us today, you know, we still live in a life for God. We believe and trust in him. That mercy and grace gets us day to day, week to week, moment to moment, over our troubles, over our sin, over any consequences that may come against us, over any sickness, the grace and mercy of God, you can't you can't beat it. You can't uh, wash it away. When you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you've received the mercy and grace of God. And that's what we lean on, and that's what we live by today. And that's something that we're to always have in our hearts and in minds to know that God's grace is sufficient for all men. And I, I believe that when when God uh, God sent his only begotten son, and that son lived a life of 30-some years and and taught uh, that uh, what was going about 
take place and he taught of his grace and his mercy and how he loved men no matter if they were sinners or not god loves them loves us all and they too can have that grace and mercy if they want to receive it Amen. does anyone have anything they'd like to add Well, Tony, just want to say powerful teaching, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Well, when I got to reading and looking at it, you know, it just it just all came back to grace and mercy to me. Uh, how, Amen. How they had where well, God protected them from this uh, from this fire that was coming down upon the city, and God's protected us from the fires of the of the devil's hell. He That's saved right. us. He's he's already sent us up to live on another. Another place, he took us out Amen. of the city of sin and sent us to a mountain. And that mountain, is, I believe, is Calvary. Uh, and on Calvary, there we found Jesus. Amen. Amen.